welcome to Marriage in the Middle. I'm Ricardo. And I'm Tiffany. And we are grateful that you decided to hang out with us today. This is a place to encourage and unite our marriages in the highs and lows of the adventure. I'm a little bit under the weather, so I gotta get some more energy. Woo! Let's do this. Super excited. It's good to be back online for a little bit and talk about something pretty interesting. So, you can kick it off? Yeah, so tonight we're talking about attachment. Um, I think attachment is something like we've talked about a lot over the last like five-ish years or something. And so I just, in August, I went to a, um, it's called Defending the Cause. They put on these awesome trainings and conferences. Um, and so they had a breakout session on attachment. And so um, I went to that one. It was just a reminder of the importance of it. And Ricardo had taken the class last semester. And so they talked about attachment. And so... We wanted to highlight that and talk about how it affects our whole life, yeah. <laughs> essentially. So I don't know how much background um, you have in attachment. I, I'm just starting to learn, too, just being in school, more about it. And as again, as we were in foster care, we learned a lot about it. Because there's, there's a lot of times where, um, especially in the foster care system, kids become uh, are diagnosed with a disorder called reta- reactive attachment disorder. Which is like literally the um, epitome of rejecting any kind of relationship. So what happens at some point if you get so neg- if so neglected and so disconnected from people, your caregiver specifically as a child, that you become unable to have steady and secure relationships. And it's something we want to talk about because I think all of us have attachment issues. Maybe not a full-on disorder where it's like we really need some serious help. But some of us might. Or we might have to go see a counselor or a therapist or or do some kind of some work through it. But it's good to know. So we're going to talk about some specifics of like what the, there's a different uh, styles of attachment. And, but before we begin all that, I just wanted to talk biblically like what that means to be attached. Because um, God really has called us into relationship with him and in his very nature within it especially if you believe in that concept of what, the, what we call the Trinity, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's this idea that God is one, but he, he, he reveals himself as three, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are unified and in perfect community. So and what is attachment? So, so attachment. Just a basis. It's kind of a basis, yeah. So what would you define attachment as? So How I'd, do you define it? Oh, man, that's a big question. So I'd say attachment is really the ability to be one and connected with someone in a secure and trusting way if i could put that simply that makes sense and so basically in scripture we read in genesis even god is with adam and eve and it's perfect right they're in perfect relationship they're attached if you will and jesus says this right before he left earth earth he talked to his disciples he said i do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word he's saying this prayer before he's about to be betrayed He's praying to the Father, and he says, That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So Jesus' prayer before he leaves earth is that we as Christians and believers, as people, would be one with him and with each other. So you can see attachment is a clear biblical concept, but it's also a psychological concept. This is something that um, Mary Amesworth and John Bowlby discovered back in time, back in the psychology world, a little history lesson. They, they did um, experiments with um, children 
to, to learn about attachment and just find out if this is a real deal. Like if there's something that happens between a, a mother and a child and a father and a child as they're growing and if that affects them later in life. And so one example was a, um, they took a mother and had her, these experiments were kind of hard, right? Because they had to do things where they had the kids be alone in a room by themselves. And you always see that like in a toddler, right? When a toddler gets put in a space where he doesn't know, like at the nursery at church, all of a sudden he's just like, where's mom? Where's dad? Like that's actually very healthy. That's a healthy thing when they're young to be like, insecure a little bit when they lose their secure base mommy or daddy so that that's part of that like that that natural tendency for us to attach to someone but also be able to disconnect and and basically internalize someone I, i'm saying a lot of stuff does this make sense it makes sense yeah. what are it's your good. thoughts so far it's good <laughs> thanks for joining us too we see you on there yeah so this is a, this is a big kind of idea and I think it really also affects like the unity piece, like so. How you say like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how they are one. Like our attachment is going to affect our unity and our marriage and our family and in every relationship. So if we have yeah. insecure mm -hmm. attachment, which we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. that is going to affect every area of that, and there's going to create disunity because we don't have that good attachment. Exactly. So it's all it comes down to how our attachment style and how we are and where we're at. Mm -hmm. And our hope that by the end of tonight is like you know a little bit about attachment and you can study it more. Um, and you could be like, this is where I think I'm kind of at and where you want to go. So like, this is, I want to be secure in my marriage, in my relationships. What can I do next? But I'll get back to what I was talking about a little bit. So mm -hmm. these experiments were anything, there was one experiment that was pretty famous where a mom was placed with her infant child in a room and um, they observed her. They had the mom just feed her food in her high chair, and they, you know, had the mom just say, "Ooh, you cute little baby," you know, like here comes the airplane, like all that stuff. And the baby, of course, smiling and just doing, repeating its facial, uh, facial structures, doing what's called mirroring, just mirroring. So you've ever done that with a baby where you smile and then they smile back at you? It's just a beautiful thing. So that's what was happening. It was like this mirroring. It was happening. Oh, hey guys, thanks for joining. Um, so what happened is um, they had this mom with the baby doing all the cute stuff and then she left the room and was told to come back and have a straight face like so law <laughs> yeah just just look at the baby feed it like don't even no face like that was really hard to do probably for a mom but they did these observations with multiple mothers and children and every time the baby would freak out like start crying and be like restless and just so it was this idea of attachment, like if that was a good attachment, yeah, only if it was good. If it was a good attachment, yeah. but what happened over time is they found that they brought in also babies who had been neglected, and they actually did not, even when there was a smile, like no smile, just a straight face. And you can imagine that's what happens to children. So as we grow up, if we do not have a secure attachment to our caregiver, like we carry that forward into our adult life. And so I think what we'll do is we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. We do have like a little breakdown of what it would look like to have a secure attachment and what that means for your marriage. And it, it could be, you might start to realize just studying this stuff, like we all have a little bit of these uh, areas where we're not totally secure in relationships with people. And you could do some work in that and allow the Holy Spirit to do work and change you and transform you. So, And there, we're really just touching on this. This is like a huge topic. So there's so much. Um, yeah. There's so much in here so we are just like 
doing a tip. So if this interests you, go ahead and yeah, there's plenty more resources out there, and by no means we're we're not experts. We're not experts at this. <laughs> just learning about attachment in school right now, and, and so and we'll share a little bit. Um, so a secure attachment. So this is what a secure attachment looks like for if you're a child. <laughs> Are I'm you stealing your words? Sorry. <laughs> no, go for it. This is your part. <laughs> is this my part? Yeah. That's All what right. you were gonna say. So uh, if you're a child, this is one who is able to separate um, from their parent. They seek comfort from parents when they're frightened, and they're able to be comforted by their parent. Uh, they they return their parent uh, their mouth positive emotions. And they prefers uh, their parent to strangers. Um, and so if you have a secure attachment as an adult, you're going to have trusting and lasting relationships. You're going to tend to have more self, uh, good self-esteem. You're going to be comfortable sharing your feelings and emotions with other people. And you're going to seek out social support because you have that comfort and that base um, in yourself in that. Yeah. So again, for those of you who have small children or have had small children, when you were like, what's wrong with my child? They won't go to the nursery without crying. Like, that's a secure attachment. That's a healthy thing. I always try to tell parents that, like, it's good that your your child is actually wanting you to not go away. Like, that's a good sign. They're connected to you. So, so uh, it's good to know. So now we'll kind of go into, there's three basically types of um, uh, insecure, insecure attachment. attachments, mm -hmm. styles. Go for it. All right, so there's ambivalent. So as children, they're more weary of strangers. They become greatly distressed, like when their parent leaves, but they're not really uh, comforted when their parent comes back. So there's this kind of like mixed emotion mm -hmm. of that. Um, and that could be because of like they were neglected um, and just different kind of um, kind of reactions. Yeah. To that, right? And then the way they, they kind of do experiments on this in the past was, again, a lot of this was done by Mary Ainsworth, but there's been lots of uh, further studies they would take a, a mom or a dad figure and they would have them go into the room with the child and then leave purposefully and this is how they kind of started noticing these different attachment styles and how it carried over so what does it look like as an adult if you're kind of ambivalent so if you're ambivalent as a child you're gonna be reluctant um, to come close to others as an adult uh, you're gonna worry so if you're married you're gonna worry that your partner doesn't love them and then in other relationships also, you're going to be like not sure, you're not going to feel secure in, um, in that relationship, so in friendships or whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're going to be very distraught when that relationship ends. So it's like you don't know what to do um, mm -hmm. in that. So that's one, one type. You could, some people call this like an anxious also. I think anxious is a better word for this. It's an anxious attachment. So it's just like you have this anxiety of like, is this person going to stick around? Do they really love me? You know, and as you grew up as a child, that might have been a, like for me, I'm just going to give full self-disclosure. This kind of happened to me as a child. I grew up in a broken home. My parents were divorced and there was times um, I attached to my mother really well and my stepfather and then eventually later my biological father. But I had these moments where I had anxious and anxiousness of like, of, um, am I attached to them or not? Like, are they there for me or not? So as a kid, I remember those feelings. And now as an adult, I see that played out in my life a little bit. So I just want to share op openly, like this is kind of the air, the, I'm, I have a secure attachment base. I think I have an earned security, which we'll talk about a little bit, but that's kind of where I landed. Yeah. And you don't have to have like huge trauma 
uh, to fall into like these insecure attachments. You can have a loving home. Um, I love, I've heard that story too. She's um, she was th she was a therapist, and so she was saying how she grew up in a loving home, but she just didn't have that like emotional uh, security with her own parents. So then she ended up becoming or insecure later. And I think a lot of us fell in that category. We weren't like in some crazy abusive home, but we just mm -hmm. didn't have that um, sort of connection with our <coughs> uh, parents uh, because maybe they had um, issues growing up, and so then that trickles down. Um, so it's better than what they did, but then there's still not that like security mm -hmm. that comes for the children. Um, so if you ever wonder why you have such a hard time, like either connecting with your spouse or like maybe other people and you're a very cautious person, that, that could be just a personality thing, but that could also be a deeper attachment thing of like when you were a child, like there's some, there's some, there's some underlying stuff there that you need to work through. Unfinished business is the term that therapists use, but it's just something that you could think about and act on. And I think in our marriage, I've seen this play out for myself by, um, when there's a conflict, I want to resolve it. This is a conflict resolution thing, but this also comes through my attachment style. Like I think Tiffany sometimes will like, we'll have some kind of conflict an argument, whatever it is. And I want to fix it right away. Cause I'm basically becoming insecure. I'm becoming a little bit insecure of like our, even though I'm very secure of a relationship, I know she won't leave me. Right. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, right. The question like, but, um, being secure in that, peace and it, it takes time to get there yeah and trust mm -hmm. all right go to the next all one. right so the next one is avoidant attachment and so as children they may avoid their parents uh, they don't see very much comfort or contact from their parents mm -hmm. um, this could be a huge neglect so maybe the child like I mean if it's a really big trauma they like were left alone by themselves and they had like mm -hmm. no one there and so they were literally like just alone so they didn't have anyone to take care of them. Um, and they also show little uh, preference between their parents or strangers. Um, and we have seen this play out in kiddos and it is very, very sad. Mm -hmm. I mean, just for extreme, it's like they like, and we had our friend's daughter and she was just like, are you my mom and dad now? And uh, I just like broke my heart because there was like, just anybody could be, um, that person to fill their lives because they, they had been, um, yeah, you you can see you'll see this sometimes with children who who have been especially in foster care, but just kids who've been uh, yeah. neglected, they just hop into anyone's lap and they're just like you're my friend. Like it's a sweet thing, and there's some kids who are just like that personality wise, yeah. but it's um it's a definite it's an avoidant attachment. It's just like everyone is the same. There's no secure, and so like later in life, what does that look like? So as an adult, they may have problems um, with intimacy, mm -hmm. um, they invest little emotions, social um, and romantic relationships, and they're unwilling or unable to share thoughts or feelings with others. Mm -hmm. And so there's this that avoidance of people, essentially, and then they become more like self-sufficient um, as adults, like they don't need anybody, they're very independent, um, they don't need your help, <laughs> they don't want help. Um, so that they don't be vulnerable. Like there's no yeah. vulnerability there. And so. it's, I think a good thing to share is the worldview too. The worldview of an avoidant attachment is this, I am lovable, but the world is unreliable. So like that, you can imagine through the eyes of a child who's been neglected, who's grown up with not much a love from their parents or their guardians. They could, they grow up in this way where it's like, I am not going to get fed when I cry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to receive, when I get hurt, I'm not going to have comfort. Like imagine that hurts, right? And some of you may have had that growing up and that may be a real a reality for you. And some of us grew up in these homes where we, we did have a secure attachment. Thank God we have parents who cared for us, 
but just a reminder that it's it's far between, right? We all kind of have had moments of neglect in our lives as children, maybe, and that it can spill over and cause us to be avoidant in this way and cause us to have is- issues of intimacy within our, within our marriage because now we're thinking my spouse is not reliable or my brother or my sister or or the coworker, you know, it spills over into your entire worldview just from simply the way you connected with your parents. Mm-hmm. And it can be more like a rejection too. So it's like you feel mm-hmm. like there's this rejection, so then you distance yourself. So if you're avoiding, you're going to be distancing yourself from your problems. And so like if you have a problem with your spouse, you're going to be distancing from them. And then if you have a problem with your child, like a disagreement, then you're going to be distancing yourself from <clears> them. So there's going to be just like this, distance Mm -hmm. around yourself where you're not going to have that emotional support so if you are like this then chances are in your children they're going to feel that as well they're going to feel you distancing themselves Mm -hmm. and that's what they're going to learn because they're going to be not comforted they're not going to know how to emotionally um, talk about you know that because there's that distance there so Mm -hmm. that would really play out in your marriage um, in that capacity we got it and we got so we've talked about three we're on to our last um Disorgan- disorganized attachment style. Is it and if you're kind of joining us later, you're probably like, what the heck are we all talking mm-hmm. about? We're talking about attachment tonight. It's attachment styles. So there's this um, there's this theory that we all grow up with a certain attachment style and it actually spills over into our adulthood. And that's how we attach to our caregiver as a child and, and how that affects us as we grow up and as we are adults. So that's what we're simply sharing. We're sharing what a secure one. We shared that earlier. And then now we're sharing what it looks like to be disorganized. So we'll go through this or like, one. There's a, what was the other word? Dis- Disoriented. Disoriented, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is going to be like a mixture of like avoidant um, and resistant behaviors. And they may seem like confused or apprehensive. Um, and then as a child, like as they get older, they may even take on like a parental role. And mm-hmm. like some children are taking care of their parents. So this would be like a really like neglected child um, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then this is the worldview. I'm not lovable, and the world is unreliable. So you can imagine this is like kind of a worst case scenario attachment style. This mm-hmm. is a scenario where, where people grow up, uh, parentified in a way, and this is very common in foster care. Like this is one of the, probably like I, I forget the statistic. There's a high statistic of how many yeah. disorganized youth there are, mm-hmm. but that a lot of times they become the parent, they become the mom, um, and the dad. They become the parent of their siblings. And now it's just like, it's so hurt and broken. There's a lot of thoughts to be done. A lot of fear. And anxiety um, just within those relationships and within themselves. I'm in that. Mm -hmm. So we shared, let's just recap them real quick. So we shared a secure attachment. We'll just say a a quick quote so you can kind of know. So if you you grew up and you really, you were living in a home where you had mom and dad were usually there and they usually helped support you. And when you cried, they gave you food, you know. For the most part, your parents were there for you. It is relatively easy for me to become emotionally close to others. I am comfortable depending on others and having others depend on me. I don't worry about being alone or having others not accept me. So that's what a secure attachment looks like. This is what we're aiming for, right? This is what we all, our our goal is. It's like a healthy. It's a healthy attachment. And then there's the preoccupied or ambivalent. and, And this is the, these are the first three, there's, there's, Four total, or sorry, three total insecurities, attachments. I want to be completely emotionally intimate with others, but I often find that others are reluctant to get close as I would like, and I'm uncomfortable being without close relationships, but I sometimes worry that others don't value me as much as I value them. 
And I opened up earlier, like I really find myself in that. I, I struggled with that for a long time. Um, the next one is avoidant, a dismissive uh, attachment style. This is more, you're moving more into, so any of these insecure attachment styles come from a, a home, growing up in a home of a little, some type of neglect maybe, or maybe just not a lot of, of attention. And it doesn't have to be extreme. I just shared openly that I struggled with this a little bit. It wasn't that extreme. I feel like I had a very warm, loving home just to be open. My mom and my stepdad and my biological father worked together to raise me, and I'm thankful for that. But an avoidant one is I am comfortable without close emotional relationships. It is very important to me to feel independent and self-sufficient, and I prefer not to depend on others or have others depend on me. So this is an avoidant style. This is an If you find yourself kind of notice like agreeing with this quote, you're probably more of an avoidant, dismissive attachment style. I'll have you share the last one there. All right, and so the disoriented, um, this would be somebody who says, I am somewhat uncomfortable getting close to others. I want emotionally close relationships, but I find it difficult to trust others completely or depend on them. Mm -hmm. I sometimes worry that I'll be hurt if I allow myself to become too close to others. Yeah, so again, if you find yourself in that place, that's where 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 you are. And I, I mean, you go ahead, I think you're gonna share something. I cut you off. Oh, no. Nope. Are you sure? <laughs> I thought like I cut you off. <laughs> no, you're good. So okay. well, I guess like the good news is like you don't have to stay here. Yeah. Um, so if you find yourself in these insecure places or like recognizing like, okay, that's like kind of mm -hmm. like me. Because um, obviously if you're insecure, that is negatively impacting every relationship in your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, like starting with like, you know, yourself, your <laughs> marriage, if you have children, um, every other relationship. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that there's something that you need to work on. And maybe it's not extreme either. Maybe it's, you know, just we all have things, issues to work out. So Yeah, we all have. I think if anything, just take away from tonight. If you got came later, thank you for coming and joining in. Go ahead and um, just watch the video again or just, just uh, do some research and attachment um, styles. It's very interesting stuff. And there's some helpful mm -hmm. tools. The cool part is there's great tools for children. So if you have children who have some attachment styles you've noticed or recognized, you can still you can still work through that. As a parent, if you feel like you've been detached from your child a little bit, that could be repaired by God's mm -hmm. grace. And there's some tools to help you do that. Yes. And so how do you become secure if you're insecure? That's the big. I don't know. Do you guys tell me? Uh, you know, we don't have the comments on, actually. Oh, the know. comments off? I, I don't remember how you turn them on. I think they are. No, I don't know. I thought I don't know. Someone comment if you can. Just say no, hi. I think there's something. Right. Isn't that it? Or no? I, no, I think they oh, can okay. comment. Okay, Anyways, if you want to comment, go ahead um, and write some comments on how you think you would come about becoming more secure in your attachment with with your spouse or with your parents or with your relationships. I, the first thing um, I can tell you from a therapist perspective, mm -hmm. if you were to go see a counselor. Oh hi, <laughs> thanks, Andrews. So yeah, it's working. So if you were to go see a counselor, especially a counselor who really believes in this um, theory of attachment, which I think mm -hmm. most do, it's a very accurate thing. Even if they're even if they're not a biblically centered, uh, we know the world around us that we attach to people and we build relationships. So if you find yourself in an insecure attachment style that we just talked about, the first thing it's actually kind of simple and it sounds kind of maybe cliche, but it's to build a secure attachment. Like to find, <laughs> I don't know why you laugh when I, I say know that. that was, I don't know what it is. But just to find a secure mm -hmm. attachment. So 
And that might have to be at first with a counselor if you don't have anyone around you, if you have the ability to take a counselor. But search really hard. Find someone that you could trust and that, that has the time for you as well. Um, and, the, and you have the time to pour in. And this can mean, it could be as simple, depending on how insecure your attachment is, it's going to either be connecting more regularly. I mean, if you have very, uh, you're very insecure in your attachment style, had a lot of uh, hardships when you were a child, like you need to find someone who's going to be able to be there regularly a lot. And that, that might require that counselor or someone who's able to be there more often. But if it's not so difficult, it could be your spouse. I mean, you could start right with your relationship, like realizing, you know what, I act this way because my worldview is that you're unreliable. You know, like my worldview is that I don't, I don't know if you're going to be there for me. Like just be open with those discussions with your spouse and then see what God does in that and repairs that. Um, any other tips now you're kind of hearing that you could think of? Yeah. Well, I think just for, um, as since we were foster parents, uh, one of the huge resources, uh, I like the answer Amen. That was going to be one of the next things mm -hmm. we'd say. <laughs> you already got it. Yes. Uh, with God for sure. Amen. That's like first step. Yes. Um, <coughs> but, uh, trust-based relational, uh, what does the I stand for? The intervention. Yes. Um, TBRI. TBRI is uh, a great tool. With yeah. Kevin. Karen Purvis um, is incredible. So if you have kiddos who have insecure attachment, um, that is an amazing mm -hmm. uh, resource. Yes. Um, and they have it also for like parents as well, like for the adult side, because it's really like a two-way street when you have kiddos. And so it's like your your attachment style is going to affect your children, um, whether or not they like it or not. Yeah. And so uh, knowing what you are and then parenting a child, I mean, whether or not they're yours, mm -hmm. um, if they have previous issues, like... Uh, traumas it's a huge thing and so just recognizing what you are so that you can get to the place where you're secure so that you can uh, give that good, to your that's kiddo. a good point so like finding out evaluating where you are and, and your attachment style connecting with God for sure he is the most secure yeah. attachment you could have mm -hmm. um, if your faith is in God like that's huge like you can't go through life without that in my opinion I'm a believer so I really believe that it's essential but yeah, finding someone also too that you can connect with and be secure with. So the first step I'd say, yeah, like you just said, kind of finding out if, you know what, I have a pretty secure attachment. I'm good. Then it's like, okay, that's good. Like move forward on that. Know that. Maybe look, ask your spouse how they feel with their attachment or, or be, be, a, be a champion, be a secure attachment for someone else. Because that's the thing, you have to be a secure attachment to be able to provide security for someone else. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to be just as insecure and a, a lot of uh, what you're doing to, to create a healthy attachment is to mirror. Just as when a baby, when you look at that baby, I talked about at the beginning, when you look at a baby, you smile, and the baby smiles back. It's like that same concept. You're going to have someone who will smile at you, be with you, just mirror you, and, and both when you're having a hard time, but also when to mirror you to do the right things, you know, to be a, a good reflection of who God is. And to be able to be like, you know what, I kind of want to reflect what that person, that secure person is showing me, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot. We've talked a lot tonight. I feel like we've gone a long I time. Know. <laughs> I, I think it's like, that. Uh, oh yeah, it's almost been a half hour already. <laughs> so we'll, thanks for you who joined and stuck with us through most of it or came middle mm -hmm. and it's yeah. probably, it could be a confusing one because it was longer, but hopefully you guys got something out of this. And, it, and it, if you understand this, I think it really helps your marriage. Um, and it's your family unity yeah. and dynamic mm -hmm. and 
every aspect. I think all when your relationships. Yeah, when you're really honest and like saying like, okay, I really identify with that, and how am I gonna work through that? How am I gonna? Mm-hmm. How can we fix this? How can we fix this in our marriage? And, mm-hmm. You know, starting with yourself. You can't change your spouse, but you can change yourself and allow God to work through you in that. Lots of prayer and. Um, really speaking the Lord on issues, like whatever, I mean, we've talked in the past about just different traumas um, and another mm-hmm. one. And so that's going to play into these as well. Like why you have that worldview, why, like if something had happened mm-hmm. and um, all those kinds of things affect our mental health, right? They do. <laughs> so with that, I think we'll wrap up and just, uh, just know, again, you can always comment on things later or we're not experts by any means. No. Just how we can pray connect with you guys. Thank you so much.